Hey, I'm Camille Joy, the host of the Moments of Joy podcast. This podcast is dedicated to super moms that don't always feel so super, trauma victims that need an example of how God can bring you through, and for those of you that are looking for a little joy, welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange. Welcome back to another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. You guys are so amazing. MVPs, you come back every single week and you listen to this show, you share this show, you've been connecting with me on social media. Y'all, I'm on the road to 10K on Instagram and I need your help. So would you share um, the page, share the podcast, keep sharing so that we can get there together as a community. If you're a mom and you have an iPhone and you're not a part of the Real Moms Club on Clubhouse, I want to invite you to be a part of that amazing community that I've had the pleasure of being the founder of and growing for the last uh, three months. So we have over 40,000 members and we have all kinds of amazing conversations on Clubhouse. I'm just so excited. So this is April, April of 2021. This month is Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month and I will be doing a lot of that online and on this podcast. I think that it's so important to me as a parent of a special needs child, um, Mason, who is autistic, um, to educate on it. I think that before I knew what autism was, I had no idea. I mean, before Mason was autistic, I had no idea what autism was um, before he got that diagnosis. So I want to make this podcast a place where it's education too. So on this week's episode of the Moments of Joy podcast, I am sitting down with Audrey Renee. Now, Audrey Renee, I just met on social media and she's such an amazing mom. I loved her story because she was able to save $10,000 and leave her nine to five last year in the middle of the pandemic. She is now a full-time entrepreneur. She's an author, a motivational speaker, and a mommy blogger owner of an apparel line and a coach for moms. Um, her heart are for women who are single moms. Um, and she really believes that, you know, we still have dreams, passions, desires, and goals. And it is her purpose and her hope um, to give women encouragement and resource to go for more. Her story is amazing. And so we're going to get right into that. Audrey, I'm so excited today to have with us my new buddy, Audrey. Audrey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is such an honor because I've been following you and I'm honored. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm I'm honored that that you were even following. <laughs> but it's so funny how um, Clubhouse actually connected us. <laughs> I know my listeners are tired of me talking about Clubhouse. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? But it has been so good. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, who are you and what do you do? Um, so my name is Audrey Renee. I am a blogger. I started off as a blogger. I still am. Um, where I created um, a community where I was able to share my story and encourage single moms. So I'm the owner of Dear Single Mommy LLC. And what I do is I help moms um, create streams of income, change their mindsets, and also learn about forgiveness and healing so that they can live out their purpose and not be stifled by it. And I also like to teach moms that single mom is not their title. They're a woman (laughs) first, and they just so have to be on a beautiful journey called motherhood. Um, and so, yeah, that's yeah, I love that. I love that, that they are a woman first mm-hmm. and a human first yes. before you are a mama. Um, yeah. So I just really loved how anybody that's proudly talking about the things of God as a young woman, I'm all here for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, can you tell us, we'll start from the beginning and tell us a little bit about your journey. How, um, growing up, how did you grow up and where are you from? Um, I grew up in a two-parent household. I am from Virginia. I um, attended Norfolk State University in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, I am a sister to, um, we are seven years apart, I believe, six or seven years apart. Huge age gap. So I grew up with my sister who moved out before I could probably really have a good relationship with her. Um, and so, yeah, and, and that's the dynamic. I have a six-year-old daughter. Her name is Amara. She was mm-hmm. actually born in Texas, San Antonio, Texas. And then she was raised here in Virginia because I moved back here to just start my business and um, do what God called me to do. I feel like I already said my parents went to Norfolk State, right? Really? No. Yeah, I told you I was born in Norfolk, Virginia, but I forgot to mention that my parents met at Norfolk State. <laughs> wow, that, yeah. Yeah, my so daughter. growing up there, like, <laughs> we spent a little bit of time there. <laughs> awesome, awesome, yep. Okay, so you grew up in, in a household that was seemingly normal? Um, yeah, for the most part, um, my mom and my father worked. Um, if you're familiar with Virginia area, you know, there's the shipyard mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, my mom worked um, in social services um, with actually helping, which is funny. She helped a lot of moms. Um, who wow. An assistant. So yeah, she has a heart for, for those, um, for moms and children. So yeah, I grew up in, in a pretty basic household. Um, you know, there were a lot of things that I know that they couldn't give me or teach me that I had to kind of learn as I got older and understanding their methods of parenting and then um, trying to implement a different method in my parenting um, for my daughter who does not have a father in the home. So it's, it's a different, definitely different <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. But yeah, yeah, I grew up in a nice household for mm-hmm. the most part. So yeah, let's get into that a little bit. You mentioned your daughter and um, raising her as a single mom. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about your, share with us rather, um, your pregnancy and the moment sort of you knew that, okay, I'm going to be a single mom. Yeah, so I was in Texas and I was still in a relationship on my end. I was still committed to a relationship. Um, ended up finding out that I was pregnant with Amara and I actually wanted to have an abortion um, because I because at the time when I shared the news with the person I was 
you know, thinking we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. Um, they didn't seem as supportive because they didn't know how, how financially it was going to look. But I remember going to the doctor's appointment just to check and make sure that I was actually pregnant um, after taking a pregnancy test and they found, and I heard her heartbeat. And that was it. I, I just knew that to do this would be, <laughs> would, would haunt me. And I, and I, when I heard her heartbeat, I knew I need to make a decision to go forth with this, whether the other person agreed or not. Um, after a while, I lived in Texas. Like I said, she was born in San Antonio, Bear County. And um, I ended up having amazing doctors there. But what was so crazy is um, the church that I went to before I even moved out to be with my ex and moved to Texas, they were actually building a church there. So there was already a community in place for me where they were already helping me. I had moms helping me who were older than me. Like God literally rerouted me and put me in the in a way and put me in a perfect place to have a Mara and to be a mother. And because of the foundation of that community, I, I had a beautiful pregnancy. I enjoyed it. Of course, there were moments that I wished that the other person was there, the other parent. But I really cannot complain about how beautiful my pregnancy was. There were definitely some things that happened. I lost two apartments due to the lack of financial information and just not being prepared to have for what a baby would cost me. And that's what shifted me to move back home, which is what shifted me to live in a transitional home for a year. And from the transitional home, I was able to get back on my feet after starting all over again. And when I say all over, like I lost everything and literally had to start all over again financially, personally, even just as a woman and as a mother. So, um, yeah, so that's what happened. That was the transition that occurred and that's why I'm here. <laughs> absolutely. Why I, I just absolutely loved your story and your transparency because you were not afraid to share that you know, you lost your place two times. You were in a transitional home. Many people would never even come out of their mouth and say that, but you are helping so many single moms. Yeah. yeah. And I love the part where you spoke about community um, because community is so important for moms when you're pregnant, while you're going through. I'm a special needs mom and community for me, that community is, is so needed. Um, so I would love for you to just um, talk about the importance of community as a mom and why women should be open to receive community from other women. Yes. So the importance of community for me was so that I wouldn't feel like I was alone in this journey. Um, I had gotten to the point where I had came from community from Texas. And then I, when I didn't see that there was a community for me here in Virginia, I created my own. Um, and I was able to grab single moms and give them some time away from their kids. <laughs> um, I built, I built it in a church and the church like donated everything I needed to create this community. And I was able to bring moms together, but it was really for me, you know, but it was, it was um, beautiful because it was also pouring out to other moms. So community is so important because it's a, it allows me to, when I have a moment that I'm okay to break down, when I needed to get away from my child for a second, I had people I could trust with her. Um, and because of what Texas had built in me when I was about community, it was able, I was able to take that and just bring it with me. So I was never without knowing how to build a community around me, no matter where I went. I had, I knew enough to know that, okay, 
even though you're here and you're in a different place, how can you, um, you know, God divinely connect me with people that I know can pray for me, that I know can, you know, take care of my daughter. You know, even in the pandemic, I met a married couple and they have two boys and I have, you know, a girl and we switch off. <laughs> they take care and I take her, their boys, um, you know, and then that wow. helped me. But I know that was community being open to receiving people coming in and also inspecting their hearts and knowing that the same way they love their children, they'll love my daughter. And so that has been a big, big help. But I, I can't say that it was because of the foundation of community instilled in me where I couldn't run away. Like they were always calling me and making sure I was okay coming into my home to take Amara or telling me I need to take a break because of that foundation and that love. I was able to then express it to other women and help us build that same connection here in Virginia. And it's been beautiful ever since because those moms have gotten married and they're just celebrating new things in their life. And it's beautiful to watch. It's right. really beautiful to watch. That is beautiful. Um, I love how they came into your life and said, you know what? You need to take a break. Yes. Right. But so many times, sometimes that happens and we feel like, no, no, I'm OK. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. Right. <laughs> it's like, let them help you, your family, your friends, people who like you. They're waiting to help you. They're yeah. waiting to be of support to you. They really are. And I know for me, you know, that was the hardest part trying not trying to let go of trying to prove that I got this um knowing that I was strong enough just for having my child like that's a big thing I, I had her you know and to know that absolutely I'm so I think that learning how to say we know you you got this but let us help so that you can um when in moments when we can't help we know that you're filled up enough to do it do what you need to do and so i take every opportunity or try to now to 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 receive help in every way that i can um and so yeah and it's been beneficial to me and it's made motherhood a lot easier so that i can enjoy it um even more yes that is beautiful um so you talked a little bit just now about you know knowing that you would keep your daughter and, you know, saluting yourself for that. I think that's even something that many of us as moms don't even do. Yeah. But yeah. it's such a, it's such a thing to be celebrated. Number one, because a lot of women cannot have children. Right. So the fact that you have been blessed to be able to have a child is a blessing. Yeah, can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, um, I think that's a point that I came across as I share that story. I look at other moms and I watch their story of trying to have a child. And I realize every day, no matter when my daughter may get on my nerves, <laughs> when I have my moment, that, wow, God, you gave me such a beautiful blessing. And how do I, how do I honor this blessing that you've given me? Um, and so I think that's why it was really big for me to receive community, but also acknowledge that this is truly a gift. It's, it's a gift to be able to create a, a child in your womb is a, and to be able to go through the whole pregnancy process and go into the hospital, like that is a beautiful gift that I will not take for granted. And I'm honored to do it. And I'm honored to do it in the best way I can um, because, you know, I respect those who are trying to have kids 
And, and so they look at me and they look at me as blessed. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. So I, I'm I yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so so you have a couple of brands that I want to talk about. So Dear Single Mommy, you shared with me before that before we started recording that Dear Single Mommy started out as you writing letters to moms. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about Dear Single Mommy. So Dear Single Mommy started when I was in the transitional home and I was writing my feelings out. I was writing how this is hard. I'm hurting because this was also the time where I was learning how to forgive not just my ex, but really uproot some things inside of me that needed that was way further than my ex <laughs> started off with my dad. Um, and so I, as I healed and as I was going through this healing journey, what helped me was writing because I was a former spoken, spoken word artist. And so when I spoke, it helped people, but it also helped me. But I also used to be a writer. So that's how the spoken word came is through writing. So when I started writing these letters, it would always be like, Dear, it was on Facebook at first. It wasn't even on the website. It was just like, dear single mommy, I am going through it today. And I don't feel like doing this no more, but I know that God's with me. And what I would do is I would share out my heart and feelings to let people know it's okay. Give yourself permission to feel this thing. Get yourself permission to cry. I cried today at the office. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? But God, and I will always put an encouraging word at the end because I wanted moms to know that it's okay give yourself permission but know that it's gonna get better and and that was what that was letters to myself but it was a gift to give them to other women and although they didn't always like it on the post they always came in my inbox and I always use the phrase all I need is one person <laughs> to come into my inbox and tell me that they were blessed and they were honored by it and so I became consistent in it and um, that was how it started. I even imagined my letters being seen to in women who were in jail. Like that's how far it was. It wasn't just women in everyday life who were single moms, but as far as women who were in jail, who were moms who didn't have their children or you know, whatever the case was. And so I, I saw my, I saw those letters. And so I began to put them on a blog so that I could reach a broader audience so that women could come and read my story and be encouraged by it. Yeah, I, I totally love that. I love that you just mentioned moms in jail because I don't think anyone thinks about them at all whatsoever. And what I love about motherhood is it, it is the one thing that will connect us all across this globe. Like no matter where you live, no matter if you are rich or poor, the heart of a mom and what we go through as a mother may all be different things, but we're going to go through something on this journey. Yes. And yes. so that definitely connects us all. And that is beautiful. Uh, you mentioned transitional home. And so I know that people are always looking to give and to donate to different things. So I wanted you to describe to us what is a transitional home, because I know somebody doesn't know what that is. Yes. So, um, the tra a transitional home is basically a place where a mother can stay a little longer than just a homeless shelter, as I say, because where you have to be out, you know, a certain time period, you have to come back and try to get in. We all had rooms. So it was five women. We all had our own rooms, our own bathrooms. The kids had bunk beds on one side, and then there was a separate wall, you know, just to give you some privacy too. We had to come in, we had to clean with each other. So we had to clean up because they wanted us to take care of it. It was a discipline thing, I call it. 
um, taking care of what you're gifted with because we didn't have to pay to live there. Um, we did have to donate to um, the program, which was called Natasha House. It's in Yorktown, Virginia, just in case anybody, you know, wants to know. But it was called Natasha House and we had to, we had to cook. We were really, it was really, you were real. I was really taught about community, even in the transitional home, because these women, we couldn't look at each other as better than each other or anything, because we were all in the same place. So we all got here, <laughs> no matter what the story was. And we began to see each other as how can I help you? And as we maneuvered in the kitchen, one person was like, all right, I got dinner tonight. And they would cook dinner and all the kids would have dinner and we'll be able to, one person would go clean or get themselves together and wind down. I mean, we worked together as a team and in that house and it create and it helped us create those, um, it helped us create community and accept community because it became easier to live in the transitional home when we did that. And so, um, we had, um, we had lessons that we had to go to in the afternoon. We had financial literacy that we had to attend with banks. They gave us all that we needed. So a transitional home is just somewhere where you can stay about six months to a year, sometimes a little longer. I know they give you up to two years, but the goal is to get you where you need to be so that you won't have to be back in a homeless place. So feeding you mentally, um, feeding you to know how to ask for help. And so that transitional home was amazing to me. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful for the vision that was placed on a, on a mother's heart because mm. of her daughter who was a single mother. And that's how it was built. That was why, how the foundation of it was built. That is so beautiful. Yeah. That really is. That sounds so beautiful just to have that support of another mom especially just being a mom in general. And sometimes your children can get on your nerves and, you know, just to have another mom to give advice, right? Yeah. Maybe their children might be a little older or what has, you know, worked for me and to join you in cooking. Yes. That sounds pretty amazing. Natasha House, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That really is. Um, and so you're wearing a shirt right now that says Curse Broken. Yes. Talk to us about that brand and what it means to you. So Curse Broken came from me scribbling in a book, trying to get this vision that God gave me onto paper. And it actually happened last year in November. Um, I got some shirts made and it wasn't quite like this, but it grew to, to something more. And God gave me a scripture, which, which was Galatians 3.13. And I think um, what he was trying to tell me was, when we say we're breaking generational curses, we're, it's already actually done. We just have to show up and walk in it. Um, God already did all the hard work. <laughs> and so when I read this scripture, he put in my mind, curse broken. I've already done that. It's already broken. All I need you all to do is walk in it. So when we walk, so as I walk into my purpose, it's our everything that I could be fighting up against or thinking about, he already did it. I just have to step up and know his word to be true and walk in that word. And so even the financial um, generational curse that I can mention about what I've endured in my household, because we didn't live in poverty. However, there was still some poverty mindsets. And so um, I learned that that curse is broken. Audrey, all you have to do is show up. All you have to do is get the literacy. All you have to do is read. All you have to do is ask questions because it's already done. If you choose to walk in that mindset, then that'll be a choice. And so I, had, I learned that the curse is broken mentality is saying, I have all that I need out here. I just need to walk in it. And when I walk in it, 
I will, I will be able to do things that my family did not do just because they didn't take a chance to learn and be a student on how to do it differently. Um, and so Curse Broken is a family um, line that we don't just want to reach single moms or women. We want to reach kids. We want to reach the head of households, mothers, and even men. Because I know one thing to be sure is that our men are the most attacked. Um, because God gave them a vision. <laughs> and what do you do when you wanna attack the household? You cut off the head. And so curse broken mentality is to, to be a word for households that everything we're doing, getting homes, getting cars, starting businesses, doing things that we, we are our ancestors' wildest dreams, that that curse is broken. We don't have to operate in that mentality anymore. And so that's what this stands for, for me and my daughter. And that's what I hope it stands for in every household who purchases or just shares or just talks about curses broken. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I ordered my shirt. So now that you're talking about the men, I'm going to have to get one for my husband because he will definitely need to wear that and rock that. And he loves t-shirts <laughs> and hoodies anyway. <laughs> so um, before we wrap up today, I would just love if you could give us a dear single mommy nugget for the moms that are listening, whether they're single or they're not. Um. Dear single mommy, <laughs> um, you have a purpose and God is just waiting for you to walk in it. But first, before you do that, you must forgive and uproot things and you must heal. Once you walk through that journey, which the journey of healing never stops, you will find that the things that you love to do and enjoy to do, you will be on the other side and you're able to help someone else succeed. And so, I, um, dear single mommy, my hope is that you receive that, knowing that God didn't just stop your life here, that you have so much more that he wants you to do, and your purpose is waiting for you. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you, Aubrey, so much for joining us today on the Moments of Joy podcast. Would you please tell everyone how they can find you? Yes. So you can find me on all social media as um, at Dear Single Mommy. You can also find the Curse is Broken collection online at www.cursebrokencollection.com. It's also in the bio in my link. And so you can DM me, message me. I'm here to support and be a blessing however I can. And I will also be linking all of your websites and every way that they can reach you in the description of the show, guys. So be on the lookout for that. As Aubrey, thank you so much. And I don't know why I said Aubrey. Audrey, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today on the Moments of Joy podcast. Bye-bye.